Oh, I didn't even have to say anything. That was pretty cool. What's up? Hey. Uh, all right. Uh, Tyler came up and asked me if I needed an introduction. I probably know most of you, or at least most of you may know me. Uh, but for anybody that doesn't, I figured I'd tell you uh, real quickly. Um, uh, my name is Jason Bartlett. I'm going to say uh a lot because I haven't done this for a long time. Hi. Um, I've gone through a, a few different nicknames while I'm here. Some I've forgotten because I want to, but uh, my original one, because I've been doing this for like 16 years now, was old guy because I looked like I was 18 when I started coming here and I was already married and had a baby. And a couple of the girls in the youth group thought that like me and my wife were teenagers living in sin and had a kid and then they found out that I was old enough to be married and had a kid so they started calling me old guy that stuck for a really long time I think the newest one is Jay Biebs and I think it's because when my hair gets tall Biebs I'm anyways uh, so there you go uh, I've got five kids uh, we drive the big white van one of the big white vans uh, that is generally on the parking lot anytime the building is open um, but that's pretty much me. So if I don't know you yet, come up and say hi afterwards so that I can know you, uh, and, uh, and I will try my hardest to remember everybody. Um, real quick, just by a show of hands, who's going to Care Week? All right, very cool. Very exciting. Uh, I did not get to be here during pre-mission. I was kind of upset about that. We were driving back from Florida, uh, but hopefully you all had a great time and just kind of got to, got to know what Care Week's all about. It's funny because uh, obviously, we've done World Changers in the past, and now it's called Care Week, and I'm trying to get used to that name. Um, all right, you guys, have you ever noticed, and if there's older people in the room, I apologize, and I told my son to warn me one day if this happened. Have you ever noticed how old people, for some reason, have a hard time high-fiving? I don't know why. It's like a timing thing. You know what I mean? It's like their hand kind of judders as it goes up or something. I don't know. And I told my son, I go, I go the moment that I give you an awkward high-five, let me know so that I'll stop. And I believe that age is different for everybody because there's probably, you know, some like really slick old guys out there. They could be 70, 80, 90, whatever, you know, and just keep going. But for whatever reason, young people can make things cool that old people cannot make cool. I have no idea why. Things that you say and then we try to say it and it doesn't come out right. Like my dad, uh, he caught on to saying sweet all the time. He, and he would say it like, like too much. And he'd be like, sweet. And he would over-enunciate it. Is that the right word? Yeah. Anyways, uh, so it would freak me out. But uh, what I need you guys to do for me real quick, and, and because I get hung up on World Changers and Care Week and stuff like that, is this. I want you to shout Care Week at the top of your lungs on the count of three. One, two, three. Yeah. That sucked. Do it again. One, two, three. Yeah. Okay. Now, for those of you who aren't going, I'm sorry. This sucks for you because you're like, I'm not going. Why do I care? And that's fine. You don't have to say it. Uh, but I wanted to hear you guys say that, and I need to hear you guys sometimes like chant that or even yell it to me because then it'll make the name cool. And my buddy kind of helped come up with the name, and I've told him that it's just not really cool. But, but anyway, so all right, so th that was my thing for Care Week and old people and high fives. I don't know why that's one of those things with me. My mom sometimes will try to high five me, and I'm like, please stop it because you just can't do it. Um, anyway, so tonight, um, first things first, let me pray real quick. Uh, Father in heaven, God, uh, I do thank you so much for this time tonight. Uh, Lord, I pray that, uh, uh, that you would just prepare all of our hearts, uh, and mine included, and, and Lord, just what we're going to get into, uh, I know that I have not uh, 
I have not put enough of myself forward. I have not succeeded um, uh, in, in the areas that you would want me to uh, when, it, when it comes to um, putting my, myself out there and my life out there. And so, God, right now I just pray that you would uh, bless me as much as everybody else in the room and just guide us and train us through your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, tonight, we're going to talk about uh, people being different. Uh, people being different than you, people being different than me. Um, and just, you know, uh, how that works, how we, uh, how we are able to handle people that are different than us. Uh, I uh, wanted to try to do something here real quick. Uh, if I could, I need two volunteers. And I, I, can't, I can't see real well, so back row. All right, no, come up here, come all the way up, come all the way up. There you go. Okay, start telling me some differences. Just start blurting them out. All right. Wow. Okay. All right, I got, I got male and female. Somebody, somebody get loud. Give me something else. I'm not sure what you just said. Okay, yeah. He's wearing shoes. She's not. Damaged toes. Is that... Yeah, that, that, that's got to hurt. All right, uh, what, what else? What else? Facial hair. Who, neither of them have facial hair. Sorry, boss. <laughs> Their names, okay? <laughs> nice. Okay, all right. All right, you guys can go. You guys can get, head down and have a seat. Thank you very much for coming up. All right, for, for the most part, uh, except for somebody over here who didn't like either one of them, uh, you, uh, you, you basically mentioned things that you could visually see, right? We, we relate to people with our eyes, all right? Uh, we had uh, male and female, uh, taller, shorter, shoes, no shoes, the color of their clothes, things like that. Um, we immediately connect with people uh, how we can see them, right? Uh, and, and because of that, we immediately uh, can develop or form prejudices, Right, I, I know you guys are you guys are more familiar with it than than even I am at my age and going into the workplace and everything. So you know you're going to school and you have all these different cliques, right? I mean you've got uh, you know you've got jocks and you've got hipsters and you've got whatever else, right? Awesome. That was my cue. I'm done. No. All right. Sorry. I got my timer going to make sure I don't screw up. And now my sister just texted me and screwed up the whole thing. Sister, bad sister. All right. Um, so anyway, so so we form most of our prejudices uh, based on what we see, right? So how am I different from them? I'm old. I have facial hair. Right that time. Okay. All right. So now let me ask you a question. Okay. Change me. I'm 400 pounds. I'm homeless. I'm missing half my teeth. The other half are rotted. I haven't bathed in a month. I smell awful. I'm laying on the side of the street begging for money. Right? You, you then, now, before, we're just walking down the street and it's all good. Now, you might think, do I want to go the other way? Do I want to cross over? Do I want to duck in here or change the way that I'm walking? Based upon the way the person looks, right? 
we, we do this automatically. Now, now, sometimes we do it for self-preservation. Sometimes we may do it out of fear, okay? But God made all of us equal, right? Now, we say that again and again, that we are all uh, made in the image of God, that we're all equal um, uh, as far as our spiritual condition. You know, some of us may have abilities here, some of us may have abilities there, and all those kinds of things. Um, but we're no better than anybody else, right? And I can, I can say that to you, and I know that all of you will nod your head and be like, yeah, that's right. But, and I'm included in this, none of us really think like that, right? I mean, if you got really, really deep down alone with yourself, do you really think like that? We, we all have this judgmental spirit, and we all have this pride issue that works in us constantly, and we can immediately judge somebody. We've become increasingly good at it, especially as Americans, right, with, with media and everything else, right? Just think about all the media coverage that's going on right now with the, uh, the, the riots that are going on and that really have been going on for like the last year, right? What, is that, what does that all have to do with? That all has to do with somebody believing that they're better than somebody else or somebody believing that these people think that they're better than them, right? So it creates violence, and it creates all these, kinds of, uh, uh, all these kinds of horrible things, right? So um, if, if any of you follow along, I'm going to be in Genesis um, uh, a couple different times, and we're going to be going to 1 John, but I wanted to read you guys something real quick, and I know you guys have heard this again and again and again, but uh, in Genesis, in the beginning, right, you've got Adam and Eve in the garden, and I want to read this for you here real quick. It is Genesis chapter 3, verses 1 through 6. And it says, Now the serpent was more crafty than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Indeed, has God said you shall not eat from any tree of the garden? The woman said to the serpent, From the fruit of the trees of the garden we may eat. But from the fruit of the tree which is in the middle of the garden, God has said, You shall not eat of it or touch it or you will die. You guys have all probably been through a Bible lesson where you're like, Hey, no, God didn't ever say anything about not touching it. So she was wrong there and... and, and Bible scholars have done all kinds of uh, 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 sermons on it by, oh, that's how the serpent caught her. As soon as she touched it, then she realized she didn't die, blah, 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 whatever. But I want to hang up on that, okay? So the serpent said to the woman, you will surely not die, for God knows that in the day you eat from it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. When the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was a delight to the eyes, and that the tree was desirable to make one wise, she took from its fruit and ate. And she gave also to her husband with her, and he ate. Okay, now, first of all, I want to get something out of the way real quick. For some reason, teenage boys read this, and they immediately say, Ha-ha, the woman did it first. Her fault. Everything's her fault. Just to get this out of the way. Guys, it's our fault. God told us, not them. We were supposed to say, Woman, what are you doing? Don't eat that and stomp on the serpent's head. So just to get that out of the way, guys, it is our fault. Now, girls, I do want to tell you this, right? And some of you may get excited about this. You can get us to do anything, anything. We're stupid, okay? And, and it, it works across the board. My wife can get me to do anything. Unfortunately, one of them's in here listening. My daughters can also get me to do just about anything. They just have to look at me and ask a certain way, okay? That's what... Eve did to Adam, and he was stupid, and he was like, okay, I'll take it, right? So, guys, it is our fault. Now, girls, like I said, some of you may get excited and think, okay, that's a good thing. No, it's not. Look at the bad things that happen when you try to get a guy to do something 
that he's not supposed to do. Bad things happen. Look at the condition of the world. That's because you got us to do something we shouldn't have done. So just remember that. Sorry, a little off-the-beat lesson there for you. Anyways, so uh, people could debate what the first sin in the garden was, whether it was disobedience or whatever, but uh, I lean more along the lines of pride. Uh, the serpent laid out basically an open invitation to Eve uh, and Adam, for that matter, to eat something that would make them like God. That was the temptation, right? So she suddenly had the pride to say, wait a minute, all I got to do is eat that, and I'm going to be like God. I'm going to be better than I am now. I'm going to be like God, okay? That's pride. To even think that you could be on a level playing field with God just by taking a bite out of an apple, right? That's pretty arrogant, wouldn't you say? All right, so, so we're dealing with pride being in the garden. Um, so we have this pride nature. God knows it. Uh, it's constantly at work within us. It's what makes us look at somebody and say, whether we say it inside or not, we think it. It's what makes us look at somebody and say, we're better than them. We're smarter than them. We're faster than them. We're taller than them. We're cuter than them. We are funnier than them. Whatever it is, right? We're always kind of sizing things up. Uh, adults do it just as much as teenagers do, so don't think that anybody is uh, above it or outside of that. Uh, but God knows it. Now, God never manipulates us, okay? Uh, he doesn't know something about us and then use it against us to force us into doing something. But because God knows us so well, uh, he, he, he does use that to bless us, uh, if that makes sense to you. Um, he, he uses that in, in what sometimes uh, we may not like, but it's always for our own good. Uh, in Genesis 11, we, uh, we read about the Tower of Babel. Um, most of you probably know the story, but essentially what you've got is after the flood, you have the descendants of Noah. They were fruitful and multiplied, tons and tons of people. They all had one language. More than likely, it was Hebrew. Um, and they are all, at this point, they're making this giant trek eastward. And for whatever reason, they're, they're all together. They've created this massive people, and they come to this big, giant open plain. And they're like, okay, look at this big, massive area. Uh, let's make for ourselves a city. And in the middle of the city, we'll make a tower that reaches to heaven. Um, so... So they start building this thing, and they even go into the fact, you know, the, the history of it, they even go into, we're going to use mud to make bricks, and we're going to heat them thoroughly and all this kind of stuff. We know how bricks are made. They used to use rocks, big giant plane. They don't have rocks anymore. Uh, now, the flood obviously wiped out all of mankind except for Noah and his descendants. Uh, but that doesn't mean that it erased everything off the earth, right? They've got ruins. They've got all these kinds of things to go from. They can see what was left behind after the destruction of the flood from civilization. Uh, if, you, uh, uh, if you really get into that kind of thing, you can even see uh, there's some books about a lot of things over in the Middle East, even pyramids and things like that. And in some of the upper levels, they've actually found like uh, fossils uh, of sea creatures. And the only way that you could have a fossil inside the upper section of a pyramid from a sea creature is if that pyramid was under ocean water. Uh, so uh, they found things like that. So we know that there were ruins left behind from other civilizations that got destroyed by the floods. Uh, and these people saw that. Um, looking into it, you know, we, we have skyscrapers today, right? So we can't imagine primitive man trying to build something taller than 
the things that we've built. We know the, the massive engineering and everything that goes into that. So I was always kind of a little weirded out about that and um, looked into it a little bit. And essentially what they were building was not this big giant tower that reached up into the sky. They weren't trying to make a giant stairway that they actually believe that they can get into heaven. Let me read this for you real quick and we'll kind of go into that a little bit. And it's verses 1 through 9 in chapter 11 of Genesis. It said, Now the whole earth used the same language and the same words. And it came about as they journeyed east that they found a plain in the land of Shinar. I don't pronounce Old Testament words very good. So, uh, And they settled there. And they said to one another, Come, let us make bricks and burn them thoroughly and use them for stone. And they used, it for, and they used tar for mortar. And they said, Come, let us build for ourselves a city and a tower whose top will reach into heaven. And let us make for ourselves a name. Otherwise, we'll be scattered abroad over the face of the whole earth. The Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the sons of men had built. The Lord said, Behold, they are one people, and they all have the same language. And this is what they began to do. Excuse me. And now nothing which they purpose to do will be impossible for them. Come, let us go down and there confuse their language so they will not understand one another's speech. So the Lord scattered them abroad from over the face of the whole earth, and they stopped building the city. Okay, the, the tower that they were building, right, you, you've got, and we read this constantly throughout the Old Testament, you've got this massive amount of people, and they want to build a tower to God. What they were essentially building was almost like a pyramid. Uh, it was a structure, uh, a Mesopotamian structure, that was essentially like a pyramid, and then at the top of it, it had this like little shrine. Uh, and what they looked at that as was like a, a spiritual gateway into heaven uh, that they could, uh, I don't know what they could do from it, essentially, but they, they thought that they could do big bad things from it uh, and, and gain some kind of equality with God, visit with God uh, on an eye-to-eye basis. Does this sound like anything? Obviously in the garden, pride, trying to make yourself equal with God. Uh, and, and mankind has always tried to do it. Now, before I go any further, God was never afraid of man becoming equal with him, okay? God did not go down and destroy that tower because he was concerned that man would get high enough or that man would get smart enough or spiritual enough to be on an equal playing ground with him, right? God's concern was for mankind itself, all right? For mankind to have the same language, and, and even in here he says, if they, if they continue having the same kind of language, nothing will be impossible for them. Well, what he's talking about there is uh, nothing wicked will be impossible for them. Um, you know, I, I said something about the riots and stuff like that. Look at what happens when you get a bunch of people with one cause who don't like something that went on or who want to go against something, right? They set stuff on fire. It's constant destruction. They're trying to kill people. Um, you know, and, and, and that kind of thing goes on. God knows how proud we are. God knows what we do when we decide that we want to overpower something or overthrow something. So if mankind were to continue in this area, essentially what they would constantly be trying to do is overthrow God, okay? Um, God could not allow that to happen because he loved us so much. And that's why I was talking about, you know, some people would look at this like, oh, God was afraid of them, so he had to bust up their tower and scatter them all over the world so that they couldn't do this thing and find equality with God. No, God had to do that because he loved us so much that he had to give us different languages so that we wouldn't pay attention to the people that we couldn't understand, so that we would go off and essentially make these groups, nationalities, or whatever it was that they became, so that he could bless us, so that we wouldn't keep trying to go against him. 
right? So, uh, so he, he gets rid of the tower and he scatters man everywhere, right? Now, now he's created these differences. Nobody's on an equal playing ground anymore. Playing ground? Playground? Playing field? I don't know. Nobody's, nobody's equal anymore, right? They're not all traveling together. They've separated. They've gone their different ways. They've been scattered across the earth. So now you have that situation where you have people that are living in different areas, uh, whether it's a desert or whether they're living in mountains, whether they're living in the jungle, whether they're living in the suburbs. It doesn't matter. They've, they've created these, uh, these, these separations. How do you guys feel when somebody, you know, you've got two people next to you that are speaking a different language? Anybody else here get a little bit self-conscious? You know, you're like standing in Chipotle and the two people in front of you are speaking Spanish and one of them turns around and kind of giggles a little bit and then turns back and you're like, great, they're talking about me. You know what I mean? So I so badly want to learn another language so I can listen to somebody and then be able to tap them on the shoulder and be like, I know what you just said about me. <laughs> it's never going to happen, though. So anyways, so he knew that mankind could do immeasurable wickedness if we were all the same. So he gave us differences. He, ga he, he gave us that separation, and, and it, was, it was truly a blessing uh, because it also gives us the ability um, to learn new things, to get to know other things. If we all stayed and congregated as one thing, if we all acted and, and moved as one body and spoke one language, we wouldn't ever be able to grow, right? I mean, we wouldn't ever learn new things or, or understand new things. Um, so, all right, that being said, you know, how do you guys feel, how does it make you guys feel when you meet somebody new, somebody that's unlike yourself, but that, that, you're, that you're drawn to for some reason? What did you just say? exhilarating that's a good word all right so so you meet somebody new now now we're getting into the kind of people that you're drawn to not the people that you're repelled from but the people that you're drawn to okay um you it, it is it's an exhilarating feeling i, I like that word you know you know it, it 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 gets exciting right you meet somebody that isn't like you okay uh maybe you're quiet and they're loud all right and for some reason that is appealing, all right? Uh, you, you, you know, you'll find this all the time where somebody who's really shy is almost kind of attracted to somebody who's really outgoing, right? And the two kind of balance each other out. Uh, and I'm not even talking about like guy-girl relationships, just, just friends in general. When you see like little cliques of people, you know, you, I was always the loud guy. Um, imagine that. Uh, sometimes borderline obnoxious. My wife sometimes has to pull on my ear a little bit like, okay, you know, that, that went too far. Um, so, uh, you know, whatever that may be, you've got, you know, uh, you know, maybe somebody's really, really athletic, and they're they're friends with somebody who is just a, a bookworm. You know what I mean? And 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 the two just mesh for whatever reason. You know, you're you're drawn to these differences and things like that, right? Well, what what God wants us to do, though, is God wants us to to be drawn to everybody that's that's different than ourselves, right? He didn't create us to try to go and uh, just hook up with this one person that's just like me and never grow and never be stretched and never learn anything and never learn how to love somebody other than myself, you know what I mean, and then somebody who's just like me. Uh, so I want to go ahead and, and jump forward now into the New Testament, into 1 John. And, you know, obviously Jesus was constantly preaching about love. And, you know, we see when we read about in the New Testament, you know, most of the people really, I mean, the only people that he ever really shunned was the Pharisees. Uh, but we see Jesus accepting so many people, and we, we, we read all the New Testament stories constantly about, you know, how Jesus was uh, found to be with tax collectors and things like that. But, you know, if you really ask yourself, you kind of make up 
whatever the movie is for that in your mind uh, when you're seeing that. And, you know, you, you're always kind of dressing the people the same way. It's like everybody's kind of wearing the same way. Everybody kind of has the same look and all that kind of stuff. And you feel like, okay, this is probably, um, you know, they're, they're probably like one another. There had to have been some attraction, you know, with obviously there was an attraction to Jesus. But, you know, what attracted Jesus to them and things like that? Well, you know, I kind of want to think about that. You've got uh, some of the tax collectors and things like that. I mean, these are rough dudes. First of all, they're probably, you know, dressed to the hilt. They've got guards with them all the time. And they're banging on doors, banging down doors, robbing people from money and all that kind of stuff, right? And so Jesus is drawn to these people. I'd imagine that a lot of these guys are probably pretty obnoxious, right? Have you guys ever been around somebody who's really, really obnoxious other than me? Um, you, you know what I mean? Sometimes you, you feel that being repelled away, you know what I mean? Or maybe you're that obnoxious person and you're drawn to other obnoxious people. It's whatever it is. But, um, but you, you've got to kind of stretch your imagination a little bit from all the like kitty movies that you saw growing up where it always seemed to be so peaceful and everybody just seemed to be like congregating together and all that kind of stuff. Um, but in, in 1 John, it, it's kind of interesting to read chapter 4 because it's so repetitive. He's trying to drill into the reader about love, God's love for us, how we need to love him, how we need to love others. And in chapter 4, verses 11 through 15, it says, Beloved, that's us, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God abides in us, and his love is perfected in us. By this, we know that we abide in him, and he in us, because he has given us of his spirit. We have seen and testified that the Father has sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him, and he in God. Now, here, he's talking about love, and loving the world, loving your neighbor, right? Um, and... You know, I mean, however you want to define neighbor, it's not the person that lives next door. Uh, it's the people that you come to on the street. Uh, it's the checkout counter person at McDonald's, you know, who's, you know, getting your Big Mac or whatever, right? How do you love that person? How do you show some kind of love for that person? Um, you know, wh whatever it may be, you know, and, and, and we talk about this kind of thing all the time. You know, do we... Uh, tell the waitress, you know, that, that we're a believer and we're going to pray for our food before we eat. Is there anything we can pray for you for? I've heard a lot of people do that, and that's great. I mean, that, that's awesome, right? Unless you don't really mean it. Unless you're trying to make a show on a Sunday afternoon because you went out to eat after church. And you're like, I'm going to do spiritual, something spiritual today, right? That doesn't really do anything, does it? I mean, nine times out of ten, if you don't really mean it and you're doing it for a show, that person knows it anyway, and they're going back kind of snickering like, okay, yeah, they just got all high and mighty and spiritual on me, right? Maybe it would be a little bit better if you just honestly ask them how they're doing. When they accidentally spill a drink, don't be all like, oh, you know? Let them know how all right it is. It's just a mistake, okay? When the person screws up your order at McDonald's or whatever else it may be, um, you know, giving some grace to people. And it's funny, but... Have you guys noticed, and, and it seems to keep getting worse and worse, and maybe I just notice it uh, more and more the older that I get, um, 
when something's not quite right, you know, like somebody, you know, somebody's giving you a service or you're buying something or doing something like that, a lot of people almost operate out of fear anymore because they're afraid of getting their head bit off, okay? And that's because of the way the rest of the world treats everybody who is different or is doing something different than them, right? It's because everybody feels like they're being looked down upon and then they end up looking down upon somebody else, all right? Whatever the difference may be, however we're looking at it, um, funny story, funny for you, not for me. Um, we, uh, coming back from Florida, we stopped over in Georgia to vi my, visit my aunt and uncle. I've had back problems for like the last 10 years, but I pretend that I'm perfectly fine. Um, and uh, it was kind of funny, while we were out to dinner on Saturday night, it started raining, and I, um, coming back, I stepped up on the sidewalk, and my foot shot completely out from under me, landed like flat on my butt, right? Now, I popped up, and I'm like, I'm okay, I'm fine, right? I didn't think anything of it. I slept pretty bad that night, and I got up the next morning, and here's where it gets funny, okay? I'm perfectly fine until we're getting ready to get in the car, and I'm like, I'm going to go to the bathroom real quick. So I run in and go to the bathroom before we jump in the car, and I lean like this to flush the toilet. And my back completely went out, flushing a toilet. That's pretty bad, right? Okay, so like I said, funny for you, not funny for me. So anyway, so I immediately am on the floor. I'm like writhing around. I'm like getting my wife. My wife's like, oh, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? Because we've got to drive 12 hours now, right? So she's freaking out a little bit. So I'm rolling around on, uh, on uh, uh, these water bottle things, trying to put some pressure on my back to try to get my back to go back in and get home. Now, I called the hotel to let them know that that back sidewalk that I stepped on is like a slick of glass. And it's right where the handicap area is. They painted, They had painted it with like some kind of super slick paint. Now the lady on the other end, she's immediately thinking, lawsuit. Like I'm calling to complain and get somebody's head torn apart, right? So that's where she keeps going. I'm like, look, I'm not trying to get something for nothing. I'm not trying to sue you. I'm not trying to come after you. I'm not trying to do anything. I'm just trying to let you know you need to do something about the back sidewalk. I say that to say that woman was operating out of fear, okay? And when people feel like they're supposed to be giving you something, they're supposed to be doing something, I know this is a roundabout way to say it, when they're in a different place than you, they're supposed to be taking care of you or doing something like that. A lot of people anymore operate out of fear, and that's so sad, right? So, you know, a lot of people that are different when they come into contact with you, right, people operate out of fear, or they might even go the opposite direction, right? They might seem to act proudful or stuck up or snobbish or whatever else it may be and really that's not the case really they just want to be accepted by you and they feel like they're already judged all right so we have to make sure as christians that we are constantly loving one another we're constantly loving the people that we come into contact with that's what he's telling us to do here love one another okay love is not a gushy feeling love is a commitment okay love takes dedication uh, I heard this thing on the news the other day, and I thought it was kind of funny. This lady was doing a, a book on marriage, and some 85-year-old woman when was asked, is, she'd been married to the guy for like 65 years, is this your soulmate? She said she wanted to smack the lady across the face and said there's no such thing as a soulmate. If she hadn't been married to him for 65 years, she'd be married to somebody else for 65 years. Because it's not a feeling, it's a commitment. Okay? When you are supposed to love somebody else, when you are supposed to love your neighbor, you are commanded by God Almighty to love somebody else. It is a commitment. It is a decision. 
when you walk into the mall, when you're coming up to a clerk, when you're coming across somebody at school, when you're talking to your teacher, when you're talking to your mom, when you're talking to your neighbor, when you're talking about the other kid going down the other side of the street, okay? It is a commitment. It is making a decision each time you go out to not judge another person by how they look or how they act or how they sound or what they smell like, but that you love them because God told you to. Um, I have failed miserably at this in life, and I pray that you guys do a far better job than I do. Um, as a kid, I was a tag-along. I was a chubby kid that tried to just go along with the crowd, got myself into all kinds of trouble. But I did that because of insecurities, right? I did that because I didn't know God's word, and I didn't know that I, my strength came from him and that I could show love to people. And whether they shunned me for that or not, it didn't matter because God loved me, right? So... I'm telling you all this because, you know, it, it's one of those things that we hear about it all the time about, you know, being tolerant and, and all that of people's differences. But tolerance is completely different. Tolerance is the world, okay? People say that Christians are intolerant or their religion, you know, preaches tolerance or whatever. I don't even know because the door swings both ways on that so often. But that's not the way we're supposed to be. We're not supposed to tolerate somebody i mean tolerate is something that you do to to a, a screaming baby you tolerate it tolerate is is what you do when you you drove through an area that's got a landfill and you've got to handle the smell for a while okay tolerance is not what we've been called to do by god um, loving people is what we've been called to do by god um, so like I said, it's a commitment. It's an action. It's waking up in the morning and deciding you're going to do it. It's turning around when you screwed up. When you treated somebody poorly, when you treated somebody like you were better than them, it's turning around and being like, I shouldn't have acted like that. I'm so sorry. Now, if they turn their nose up at you, they probably should if you treated them badly to begin with, right? But that doesn't mean you can stop trying. Apologize again. Try to make it up to them, right? Don't just write somebody off because... They're different than you, and you treated them badly at one point, and now they're not being cool with you. Um, you know, I, like I said, I've, I've had a problem with, with, with this kind of thing, and I think all of you will, and, and I've told people this time and time again. A, a young person who's on fire for Christ can do so much more than an old person can who's on fire for Christ too. I don't know why. Right? I am inspired every time I see a group of young people worshiping God and loving one another. I'm inspired when I see a group of young people standing at a door and greeting people that they don't know coming in. And maybe even breaking off and talking to them. Okay? I'm inspired as an adult to change the way I am because I see the way you guys are. All right? you, I'm telling you right now, take an inspired young person who is on fire for Christ okay, and he's going to do more than Billy Graham ever did, okay, you guys have so much potential, and you guys have so much ability that if we can get past seeing people as different and start loving people the way that God has told us to and not the way that the world has said what love is and that you love people because they look nice, they smell nice, they act like you, they dress like you, they're, they're like you, they like the things you like, um, you know, that, that's just not the way God wants us to be. And like I said, you know, God seeks to bless us constantly. It's not a punishment when God throws you into a situation where you're not with people who are like you. It's a blessing. 
it's it it, it it love is the most painful stretching best thing that you will ever have in your life love hurts more than anything it feels better than anything okay and the 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 triumphs and defeats are greater than anything you will ever have but if it's love and if you're putting love out there the highs will always completely consume the lows okay you don't want to live this baseline life you don't want to live this just bland life and surround yourself with with things that are like you um so again you know i'll try harder i hope you guys can try harder um I, I, I do. I love you guys. I love seeing you guys in here, and uh, I don't get to get in here enough. Normally on Wednesday nights now, I'm actually taking care of two-year-olds, which two-year-olds are pretty awesome too, uh, but they make me really, really tired, and sometimes they have poopy diapers, and poopy diapers are not cool. And so, um, anyways, I probably shouldn't have ended on poopy diapers. I probably should have come with a little something better than that, but, uh, but I don't have anything better than that. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and close real quick if the band wants to come back up and... Uh, uh, yeah, the band wants to come back up. Uh, let me pray uh, for you guys real quick. Let me pray for me real quick. And uh, I'll get out of the way. Uh, Father in heaven, God, we do thank you so much. Uh, I'm right on time. Bam! Sorry. Uh, God, we do thank you so much uh, for um, how much you love us and the example of love that you give us. And uh, God, we just... Um, Right now, I, I, I pray that, that I uh, would be more open uh, to the people around me that are different uh, and not out, of, not out of pity or looking down on somebody or, or, or even looking up to somebody, knowing that you've created all of us equal. Uh, and, and Lord, I just pray that you would bless all of these young people here to, to spread out, to fan out, to share your word, to share your love that you've commanded us to share uh, with the people that they come into contact with however great or small, however much of an impact they can have, Lord, those ripples, they just, they go and go and go farther than we can ever imagine. So, Lord, I just pray that you'd uh, guide us to, uh, to just look to you and to follow your example. In Jesus' name, amen.